This is Draft Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band Humphreys McGee. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreys, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jahemia. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode where I chatted with guitarist Joey Dougherty. Joey and I talk about a variety of topics, including what it was like growing up with a dad that worked in the music industry, his experience of going to Berklee College of Music, and how Brian May's playing style is similar to Jake's. He also talks about his first Umphrey show, how the band inspires him in his personal and professional life, and tells us all about his newly released album, Experiment A. There are links in the show notes where you can check out that episode in a variety of ways if you haven't yet. And there are also some links for where you can check out Joey's new album. This week on the show, I am pleased to welcome for the second time my very good friend, brother from another mother, all around awesome as hell dude, Josh from Umfreaks Anonymous. Make sure you check out the last time that Josh was on the show, episode 12, where we talk about a ton of stuff like the history of Amanon. Josh shares some of his favorite shows, songs, memories, and we talk about some cool things that he had in the works. There is a link in the show notes if you wanted to go on a walk on Memory Lane and check that one out. This time around, we talk about Day in the Dock, Why Not with Bayless on Fridays, Joel on Wednesday nights, the Boondock Sessions, Iceland, Live Lesson Masters, and what we think the future of live music might look like. Josh also gives us an update on the Umphreys RPG game that he's been developing. Pretty exciting to hear about the progress of that. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Thank you so much to Josh for his time. It was so awesome that we could use the excuse of the show as a reason to connect and nerd out on all things Umphreys. has been up to the past five months or so. It's just always a great time chatting with him. I love you so much, brother. Thank you for your support for the show, me, everything else. Thank you for taking some time in the middle of your day to hang out with me. Before we get to my chat with Josh this week, in case you missed it, a couple of announcements here. Hall of Fame voting for 2019 is now open. You have until August 14th to submit your vote. This year voting will be only one round, so make sure you choose those songs wisely. I've been working hard on my list and will be sharing what I choose in an upcoming episode of the show, so keep your eyes out for that. There is a link in the show notes where you can make your voice heard if you haven't done that already. Also, Umphreys released an official statement regarding their upcoming shows in August. All shows have been moved to August of 2021. All tickets already purchased will be valid for the new dates, and refunds are available through the original point of sale.
Do you have a small business that makes shirts, pins, jewelry, sweet prints, or sells other interesting products that you think peeps would like to purchase? Is your band looking to get some attention from fellow music-loving umfreaks? Maybe you provide an awesome service that can make folks' lives better or easier and want some like-minded clientele? Or perhaps you're looking to hire some cool people to work with. Let Dropped Among This Crowd help you get the word out. With interviews on the show and sponsorship packages that include ad time on the podcast, ticket giveaways, social media plugs, product reviews, and so much more, Dropped Among This Crowd can help you reach tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow ump family. Email droppedamongthiscrowdpod at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. Here is my conversation with Josh from Umfreaks Anonymous. Enjoy. So what's been going on with you? Uh, not much. I mean, obviously been, uh, you know, trapped here in the house, been working from home almost entirely, uh, or entirely since March. So, um, I'm, I'm here five days a week, you know, uh, barely leaving the house during that time period. And then, um, after work gets out, I try to do like all my projects in a row. I'm like, work on the Unfreeze Miggy RPG thing, work on anything for the website, then, you know, work on anything else like that, do my writing, and then try to cook. So I've got a schedule every day, but it feels very full until like 7.30 or 8. But um, it's still all taking place just in the house. I don't know how I did this before with commuting uh, is sort of what I am wondering about here is how did I used to go to a job and then still try to accomplish all this shit? Like, uh, I, I, and I, I can't imagine how you're working on all these projects and doing all this while also having kids at home and homeschooling kids, uh, you know, like just multitasking at an extreme level. So I just, I write all the lists. I'm like yeah. the queen of the lists and I'm like, okay, now we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. Checklist. <laughs> you get everything done on your checklist or do you assume that you're going to get like one thing not done, but you'll get everything else done. I almost always assume I won't get one thing done. I usually have like, most of the time, honestly, though, I don't really put anything on there that I know I'm not going to like complete fully. So sure. like when I put it on there, I make sure that I'm like work on whatever. So then I know I'm like, okay, I put my time into that. But right. I think, yeah, there's probably like at least one thing where I'm like, yeah, I didn't get to that. But you know, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll pick it up the next day. As long as it gets done within the 24 hour time period. Um, work. For sure. For <laughs> sure. And it, it helps to like keep you motivated too. And I think sometimes when it's something that is like a creative thing, like sitting on it for that extra little bit of time helps a little bit. Oh yeah. You know, you come to it in a, like a different space or if it's something I'm working on, like writing, I'll think of something like I'll have like a note, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to add that. And I'm like grateful that I didn't get it done because I added this piece that made it better. So definitely. Yeah. yeah sometimes I find when I'm writing something that I feel like I have like a time crunch on that I've got to work on, but uh, I'm writing terribly. If I can put it off for even just a couple hours and then come back to it, I feel like all of a sudden sometimes the words just get a little bit easier, flow a little bit freer than they did the first time around, you know? So. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
because you're not you're in like a, a different headspace that's what it is right it's like shifting head zones so for sure um yeah no i mean when like i watched that jake documentary like four or five times before like writing this review of it that i did and with the with the documentary i the first time i watched it through i kept like writing down notes and i'd like try to write sentences about it and i'd be like this sounds really just like really bad like when i went back and read through it i was like i'm not i'm not liking anything that i wrote here and then about like 24 48 hours later i went back and i just sort of used those notes to to rewrite everything and it feels a lot more full now and i felt like i did a better job paying attention the second third times through with the jake documentary so <laughs> i did the same thing i think i probably watched it like four or five times totally too and um you know i'm gonna do like a episode of the show and talk about uh my birthday show too so i would i was the same way the first time i just like watched it and then the second third fourth time i feel like you just get something like more each time you watched it because there was so so much to it definitely uh did you get did you watch the special feature as well the extra feature at the end with a romanza i yeah. did i watched that too it was just it's so good and i really hope we get some more of those what was your favorite song that they did on there that he did well i really love the the improvisation part where jake is uh giving prayers to the improvisational gods and then he <laughs> starts plucking the piano string with the pick is amazing. Uh, I really felt like some of the the notes uh, and the way that they were layered, the, the just the way that everything uh, came together. Hold on, did I? No, okay, you muted, not me. <laughs> yeah, I think it came together so, uh, so perfectly and beautifully. And I felt like in a way, some of it was very uh, cinematic. Like, I don't know, it felt almost like a movie score in some sort of way, that sound. It was very emotionally driving. I, I thought it was the most pretty and the most well put together, I think, of the things that he showed us. Though, obviously, the Studio COVID-10 was probably the most fully completed put together thing he showed us. Um, but I, I don't know, that was my thing. I really loved Jake on the piano and I thought it was very beautiful and pretty and haunting and scary and that... Like you, they played on that like certain area that's between beautiful and scary, and it's very very nice. I think that's a really crazy gray zone, and uh, um, like a really fun place to make music from. And Umphreys does that a lot, so uh, I don't know. I think that it was really I love that. <laughs> it was just really great. So um, I like COVID ten a lot too. Oh yeah, I thought that was really good too. And to back to your thing about the improvisational piece, I thought that all of the pieces that he did um, were really fitting, I felt emotionally for all sorts of different things that are going on right now. And I, you know, I especially felt that with the improvisational piece on the piano, you know, how it, it felt almost like this sort of whimsical nightmare that you're like having, you know, like you're in this like, safe space but then it just becomes really unsafe and it's that was the piece that i thought was the coolest was just the emotion from all of those songs and obviously like what he was feeling or channeling from you know living through this himself right now so that was like my favorite part for sure definitely i didn't even think about the the relevance to the you know current ongoing 
you know, uh, situation that we're all struggling through here. And that is a quite a, you know, it makes sense to me as a musical allegory, definitely, you know, that this is something that, that, that where that emotion that you're, that was conjured for you by the piece is similar to what you're, what you're seeing in this world around you and the situations around you. I mean, I didn't even think about it, but that I feel that when you, when you mention it now. So. Yeah, it's very interesting, especially in um, <clears throat> the improv section of, I believe, what was it, COVID-5, I think, was the first one. And when he goes into the improv, it's very interesting to see his face. And, you know, I just kind of thought about what he was, like, envisioning and kind of, like, you know, maybe, like, watching the news and, like, what he was thinking about when he sees these things in the news and stuff. So that was... It was very cool to be able to watch him create like that. Right. I felt like that piece had a lot of Spanish guitar influence. And I feel like after seeing the, uh, after seeing the, the special cut at the end, I definitely felt like he must be listening to a decent amount of Spanish guitar or Spanish classical guitar music in some sort of way, because it seems like, you know, I, you could feel that influence in that first piece. And then obviously he played a piece that was highly influenced by Spanish classical guitar at the end there. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about your 2019 survey Definitely. and, you know, talk a little bit about like why you started doing those in the first place. Oh, so I guess in 2013, after Jason had formed On Freaks Anonymous and we all had that team together. We were like, hey, you know, we've got this option to, uh, to, to reach out to a large group of, fan, of the fan base at this point here. Let's see if we can get a sent, like an overall sentiment, an idea as to what people thought about this year. How was 2013 in comparison to 2012 really was what we were thinking and who, who did the fans really like the most was kind of like where we felt like was gonna be some of those fun competition. Like where was that, who was the MVP? What was the best show of the year? These were, uh, these were just sort of ideas that we uh, were sharing around as the group. And uh, there were only two or three of us working on the page at the time. Uh, so, so after we, I guess we decided to do it that year. And then afterwards we've just done it annually ever since with one year that we skipped in 2016 uh, uh, because we were all busy doing other different types of things. Um, I don't know uh, why we've decided to keep going with it. It's pretty fun. Uh, we, we, we got a much, we got a less response this year than we normally do. Normally we have a much greater response. And I think that partially that was because of the fact that, you know, there was just so much going on at the beginning of the year with the Humphreys tour ongoing, um, with Iceland coming in. We also didn't do, I think, a great job at Humphreys Anonymous to sort of market it or get it out there to the fans. And it was very similar to the year beforehand survey. So I think some people were confused, like, hey, am I filling out the survey from last year or is this the new survey? Um, so I think that uh, in the end, though, we did get a lot of really interesting results. And, uh, you know, enough people around 100, you know, a little close to 100 people filled it out. So, uh, you know, it gives you a good idea about what Umfreaks thought about the year. But um, we're hoping that next year we get even more responses. So. That's cool. I love doing it though too. And like reflecting back on the year and it's, it's fun. I like all that cheesy shit though. Anyways. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was like a terrible re request re response. You should definitely delete that one. And I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's something where, uh, you know, uh, 
I, I don't know. This year, definitely the results have been most interesting considering, uh, especially that summer camp was not voted as the fan favorite festival for the year, which to me is, uh, I would say, a, a surprise. Summer camp is almost always the fan favorite festival, and Umphreys gets the most sets there. Uh, it's the closest to Chicago, so a lot of the core fan base that's always been going to see Umphreys gets to go back to the city, so or gets to go from the city to the festival within three hours. You know, it's it's one of those things where uh, I was very surprised to see Woodlands Festival overtake summer camp as the fan favorite, but I've heard nothing about but good things from that. Uh, festival other than the fact that it was maybe kind of cold so um. I think also because there's so many other festivals now mm-hmm. you know like there's 4848 which was so awesome like I'm disappointed that you know we weren't able to go this year um you know woodlands I mean there's the so many other festivals now and I think that's part of it too is there's been, you know, there's other places and people are doing other festivals. And I think that's, I think that is a big reason why too. Yeah. Your sound cut off there for a minute. I, 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 I saw you saying chatting, but I, I couldn't hear you. I heard you say 4848 festival in Iowa, right? That was in West Virginia. <clears throat> oh shit. Yeah. In West Virginia. So I mean, Sorry. what? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. You're totally right. There's a lot of other festivals and I mean, better installation art in other places or I mean, I'm not here to I'm not trying to rag on summer camp, but like there are other places that are also doing a, a mighty fine job at, at, at bringing on out a good lineup and, and a good festival experience and closer to home. You're right. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's that was a big thing. Plus, like Woodlands was their thing. You know, yeah, it was exactly. like their thing. So I think that was part of it, too. I would love to see it come back and I hope that we have all the festivals come back and I'm kind of worried that that I mean obviously festivals are going to change we're going to lose a lot of who knows what's going to happen next year because we have no idea I kind of was hoping things would be getting better around this time and I know that everybody else was and obviously you've got humble tickets for next month just as much as I do or in September as much as I do I'm assuming that that's canceled as well yeah i i really just don't think that live music is going to be a thing this year and not mostly because just logistically like it's probably just way more planning than it ever was before for kevin and vince and the guys and just everybody involved because all of the safety precautions and the venue and what you can do and can't do and people have to clean and it's just probably just such a logistical nightmare on top of everything that has been canceled is obviously not financially good (laughs) so you know there's a lot of factors i'm sure at play here for every band you know for every every band that's in any genre any touring band is dealing with this Um, I just, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see when it comes back, what live music's going to look like. Right. I mean, you got to imagine for a band that's smaller, like on Freeze McGee, the margins have got to be, I mean, you know, they're rock stars, but they're not like living large. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
those margins have got to be, I mean, when you're running your own festival or anything else like that, sure, you're, you're doing it to make money, but you're not doing it. I mean, you're doing it to also throw a good party too. And uh, to, they're all there for that. They, they all want to help cultivate the scene as well as make money off of it. But if you can't make any money off of it, then you can't do it. You, it's just not possible. And I think that with the increased safety precautions, like you were saying, and maybe the decreased in t attendance or locales you're either going to have to charge a lot more for a ticket price or you're going to have to and, and offer a, a decent amount less maybe for that ticket price you know like imagine going to like a small venue but you can't even stand really close to other people but you got to keep be in that small venue so that it's appropriate to see the band or i mean places like belly up are not going to be able to do it because you're shoulder to shoulder with people shoulder yeah yeah it's it's yeah. not possible. Yeah, I was thinking about that and all the venues like here in Buffalo that are just probably not going to exist anymore, honestly. I mean, you, you're not going to be able to thrive and have 25 people in this place, you know, that you would normally pack a ton of people in. Like, you can't, it's just not going to work. No. Nope, yeah. It's not going to be possible. And it, it, at those types of levels, those places won't survive without some sort of support from the federal government. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. We can go into a whole thing. <laughs> it's true. Let's hope it happens, though. Let's see. Yes. Let's <laughs> we need it. And I, I'm really hoping that more people are starting to realize, like, how important these things are in their lives. Like, going to see music or going to see a play or going to do whatever like the things that are our release or our our hobby our church our whatever like whatever it is for you chances are you're not able to do it right now because it involves crowds of people right. <laughs> so it's i'm hoping that it makes people appreciate it and they're more willing to like I don't know, go to more shows or something, be so more supportive of the arts when it does come back or something. I don't know. We could only help. Right? <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, and, and maybe more appreciative of it, appreciative of it, appreciative of it, bleh, or may, willing to put more uh, finances towards it monetarily, you know, willing to, 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 to yeah, yeah, as you said, he's more supportive. It's, it's, it's crucial. I can't imagine what, Umphreys would be like without the Vic Theater or what Chicago would be like without the Vic Theater or the Metro or 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 any of those small venues that, that you know you went to go see the band at now uh, you know some of those big dumps are going to make it no matter what happens because they're owned by Live Nation or they're just shitty venues that are huge and they're they can do whatever they've existed forever um, but some of them are just that you know they're, they're special haunts so yeah that's definitely been a part of it that's been really sad is to think about the venues, places yeah. that we've seen shows. We're like, well, glad we went there because we're never going to go there again. Right. <laughs> Speaking of going places, do you think we'll make it to Iceland? I think spring 2022 um, because, the yeah, what, you know, whenever the northern lights are going to be because that was their big selling point for it. Yeah. Um, and I think it gives everybody enough time to rebound, um, you know, people to save up money, the band to personally, I'm sure, save some money um, as an entity to build back up some capital, I'm sure, because they're going to have to tour 
hard when they can. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll get there, but it's just going to have to wait a little bit, but it'll be worth the wait. That first song they play is going to be so delicious. So. Oh yeah. (laughs) I cannot wait. It's like the combination of two things that I absolutely love so much. I mean, obviously that's so much on for you is traveling and the music. It's such a great combo and the community. You put all three of those together. It's an unbeatable combination, unbelievable package. Um, and I feel like, Iceland really encapsulates, at least for me at this point, because I, I think the buildup to it and everything else like that, it just kind of heavily encapsulates all these extremes. You know, it's a, a, an extreme form of travel, an extreme form of Umphreys, and uh, you'll, you'll have the community taking over this fairly small uh, city. So I think that that will be sort of an extreme influx of Umphreys. And uh, I, I kind of can't wait for that. It will embody sort of the end of coronavirus to me is that that will be the time period where like, you're like, okay, Umphreys, friends, Iceland, like, we're really here. This shit's really done. Like, I can, I can be in this other country with all these people from another country and we can all be, you know, toasting beers and freaking partying down and smoking Iceland weed. I don't know. And having a like, great time. It will be, it will Hugging, really... high-fiving. Exactly. <laughs> dancing, you know, sweating in the Harpa, it'll really represent a time period that'll be not where we're currently at, where we can't even think about that type of thing. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's totally how they're going to feel. And that's how they're going to play. Like they're going to play that show, even I believe even if they play like a whole year of tours before that, when they play Iceland, there's going to be so much emotion. Oh, yeah. For so many reasons, you know, and it's just going to be, it is, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yes. Worth the wait. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. So talk about the survival guide. You had one for Iceland and it was amazing. The one you had for Atlanta in 2018 was amazing. So talk about the survival guides you put together when you started doing that. And it takes a lot of work to do that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, Iceland especially because so for most of the survival guides, we have umfreaks who have been there and like a lot of them. So we can be like, hey, let's ask the Southeast umfreaks group, you know, like, where do you guys recommend that vegans go in Atlanta? Or, you know, where do you recommend that we all go to party late night when the shows are out? Where are the drinking spots? And it's close to the venue. Tell me, because I've been to the Tabernacle once. Um, and, and, you know, people really hook it up. And of course I'll throw in whatever I can remember from my memory. And, uh, we really kind of compile that all together, but with Iceland, uh, you know, because of the fact that there were only a couple people who had been there, we could really only ask a few people for their opinions. And then we did a lot of research on the side and really kind of used our previous guides as a guide, as you will, a template to, to formulate what Umfreaks would really enjoy. We're like, oh, okay, well, Umfreaks really seem to appreciate you know live music while eating or they like going to places where they can have live music late night that may be not necessarily just the music that's offered by the band especially with some of the live music offerings that happened over the uh the you know for the iceland thing so um you know people are like where can i go to keep this party going but not pay 50 dollars to see a dj or something like that and uh and we, we had you know the ideas for that so um it's fun to do. It's great because I love researching and I love travel and I love, I, I would probably be doing something like that small time for myself, not, not making it look good or anything else like that, but you know, like putting together a checklist, uh, putting together like a little, uh, 
paragraphs of where to go and what to do. Um, so I just thought that, you know, I would love to share those elements. And a lot of people have really appreciated the travel guides and I've appreciated them because what other Elm Freaks have shared really helped me to discover fun places when I've gone on, on vacation or like to, uh, some of these suggestions have been some of those quality stuff that I've gone to. I went to a place in Nashville called the, um, uh, the Southern V, which is a vegan joint that had like this amazing vegan uh, Nashville hot chicken that was ridiculous. And it was, uh, I, I had them take me every, I, I took a lift there every morning. It was so fun. <laughs> like, four days in a row I was eating in that place. It was amazing. <laughs> and that came from another freak suggestion. So that's awesome. I, I love the travel guide. Like it's so helpful. And I was, I'm always the one that's like planning where we're going to eat and what we're going to do. And it's super helpful that it's all in one spot because it saves me so much time. And that's what I love about it too. All about things that help save time. <laughs> I really, uh, we, we had an idea that was similar for it for venues where we were going to like put together a venue wiki and we were going to have like everybody like submit like what their rating was of the venue and whether or not they enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it, how secure the security or how shitty the security was, like a little paragraph or blurb and then history about Umfries in relation to the venue. And it was such a cumbersome, overwhelming project. I never, ever got into that type of thing. Um, but I, I feel like the travel guides have could have like a similar sort of element where they like tell you like, Hey, this is good. This is not great. This is, you know, like, this is what to keep your heads up for in this venue, stuff like that. So hopefully we'll add those elements as we continue going on. Yeah, that's definitely an undertaking because there's so many places that they play. Mm -hmm. So, but it would be cool to have a, have a space for that for sure. Especially with like water bottle caps. Does this venue yeah. take your water bottle caps? <laughs> right. Are they afraid you're going to pelt the band with your water bottles? <laughs> like, <laughs> For sure. These things are important. I hate not having a water bottle cap. It's just so yeah, annoying. Like, I understand the restriction, but if you, if you trust me to be responsible enough with beer, you should really trust me enough to be responsible with the, with the water bottle cap, honestly. <laughs> For sure. I'm like, you're giving all these people alcohol right now, and you're worried about some water bottle caps. That's okay. Right. I just bought 18 ounces of fluid alcohol over here, but. <laughs> oh my goodness. So let's talk about Hall of Fame 2019. Yes. Have you submitted your votes yet? I, I, I have. They're all going to be Freedom 98 from last year's Red Rocks or two years ago's Red Rocks. Um, or free, Freedom 93, 91, 89. God damn it. <laughs> Here it was. Um, no, so I haven't just I haven't chosen anything yet. Uh, when are they due? Do you, August fourteenth. Okay, so we got plenty of time. Yeah, which is good because I've I had a list of like eighty nine or ninety, and I've dwindled it down to like fifty. Oh. So I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> just got to do that twice more, right? <laughs> There's just always Umphreys on in my house always oh, yeah? that's <laughs> awesome though uh i feel like with this and with the stone pony uh project that uh that that not just for all has had going on right now here it's just uh been very very uh lots of umphrey's research going down and uh and and you know not in a bad way i've never been to the stone pony have you been to stone pony i we went in 2018 we took brendan with us yeah How and it? it's it's 
it's a shitty outdoor venue. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's like a parking lot with a fence around it. And then it's, it's, looks. <laughs> it's like a tat, but like the stone pony itself, like apparently the stone pony, the indoor venue is like the iconic place where I think Bruce Springsteen played like when he was so. first starting out. So it's weird though, because I remember I went to go and try and find water. And so where they play, it's a, it's a parking lot. And then you walk like through. And when I went to go to the bar to find water, you just like go through this door and it's that venue. And it's just like a really shitty old little venue that's right on the beach. And, you know, so there's like, uh, like apartment buildings and condos and stuff. And so people will be there and they'll be vacationing and, I think they did a festival there and like Jack Johnson and stuff on that beach. They did like some festival. I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, the stone pony is just a shitty outdoor venue, but <laughs> they throw it down there. So it's, yeah. that's it, why it's, we had to go. <laughs> it's one of those infamous places, you know, uh, or not infamous, famous. Oh, I keep saying that when I don't mean it. It's, it's not famous for being bad. It's famous for throw, throwing down shows. But I, I totally have always gotten the impression that uh, it is like a parking, from funny pictures I've seen, it looked like a parking lot. So I just, I don't know. It's one of those spots like, uh, I went to the um, the Murat, right? And we were in the Egyptian room and it was not as cool as I thought it was going to be because it looks like, it's like a big giant bar mitzvah hall kind of, which isn't bad, but like, you know, there's like a stage and like a little dance floor area and then like circular seating with like tables all around the like <laughs> circular tables with like seats around them in the back like you know like you kind of expected like a buffet to be in the corner and then, like you know like maybe like you know a bar where you'd go give your tickets and get two free drinks or something um but i expected more just because like it was like such an unfreeze place and but yeah. they threw down there that was an amazing show so i'm assuming that that's kind of the deal with stone pony or many of these other types of venues that are beloved for Umphreys. <laughs> for sure. But I'm glad we went because I think like they were talking about tearing that part of it down and then now with not even being able to see music at all. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad we went at least once. It wasn't too far from us and we could take Brendan because it was outside. So right. it was, it was fun to be able to take him. So, so you're talking about the set or the lists that Nacho Sprawl has been asking us to do. Yes. Did, did you submit your list today? I told him I would by the end of the day. Nice. I sent mine a little bit earlier, so I don't forget. I had to do 25 songs and like 10 honorable mentions. <laughs> it's, just, it's supposed to be 15 though, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm well, like, not- I just couldn't do it. I couldn't cut it down anymore. <laughs> That's a, I, there's some things on there that I thought like had to be, hold on. I hate to get on my phone while I'm on your podcast, but I'm going to tell you some, some of these things that have to also be, that had to be on your list. I'm assuming. I think, hold on. Let me find my, let me open my list. I'm the dork that types it out on the computer. <laughs> Let's see. I just felt like there was just so much good stuff on here. I felt that 2017, was it 2017? Yeah, 2017 as a whole, I felt, was just a stellar show. Oh, yeah. All, just from back to front. Did you get the Eat from 2015 on there? Uh, Hold on a minute. Uh, it's like the Eat with Improv. I don't have that one. I have 
I have eat from 2019 on here. Hold on, let me check my honorable mentions list. Oh, yeah, I didn't check the eat from 2019. I don't think I've gotten there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think I didn't listen to like the last year. <laughs> no, I don't have that one on there. Cause I have, cause 2019 is right on pony, cut off and eat into the linear. Mm, I remember the cutoff being very good. I better yeah. listen to 2019 before I submit this. You didn't listen to 2019 at all yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, well, I mean, it, it's there's a lot of Humphreys to listen to, as you pointed yeah. out, and yeah. um, uh, you know, last I felt like the Red Rocks shows. Obviously, I was much more familiar with. I've been to a lot more Red Rocks shows, and I was more familiar with the. And as this is a venue that I've never been to before, I'm working off of the legend of these amazing shows and 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 the music as I as I listen back through them. So, uh, and I, I mean, obviously, that's what you're doing too. You just did like. I'm assuming you listen to everything front to back, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. Well, because sometimes I feel like, especially when a song goes into another song, I mean, I feel like you have to make sure that you're listening to the whole story. Sure. You know, I think instead, which I mean, I don't know how how other people do it. Um, I mean, how do you do it? Do you just put the show on, or do you like kind of look at it and then kind of assume from looking at the set list? I try, sometimes I go, sometimes I, I try to listen to the whole show, but sometimes I'm only get one set and then I get another set or, um, but I try not to pick songs, like it's one song and then another song um, because of what you're saying. Like sometimes you'll find that the, 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 the segue is one of the more important parts of it, or maybe the, when there's like a callback to a jam that happened in a previous song that really kind of elevates the jam itself, you know, where you're like, Oh, I remember that. And I really love having that reprise come back on through here to hear that element once again, being brought back on through the improv. I feel like that's great. Or, um, uh, like even like some of the shorter songs have some of the best jams or mini jams or most, best grooves and if you're just looking for something that's like oh this has got above a 10 minute time stamp then you're gonna miss some of these really awesome tightly packed jams that are like you know maybe not as expansive or explorative but they are still rowdowns with lots of shredding and lots of you know getting in there so uh mm -hmm. i don't know i try to listen to the song the whole way through or the show the whole way through but sometimes it's just the set yeah, that well, that's how I feel too. You have to, you have to be able to get the the whole story, the whole, the roundedness of it. But I, I don't feel like I can like listen to like, I, if you started in two, like I mean, Stone Pony shows probably started in like twenty eleven or something like that, or twenty two thousand seven. Uh, I think it was like two thousand four. They did like two thousand four, two thousand five, and then they weren't there for like five years or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like, it's so for example, like if somebody doesn't go into archive, they might, you might miss like the 2004 show or, you know, like, uh, sometimes like, you know, just cause I've got nugs handy on me, like I'll listen to like what I've got, what I've got there, or I'll go to whatever the most recent show is. And then I'll listen to set one, but I'll forget to listen to set two. And then I'll listen to another show and I have to go back. Unfortunately, I get sort of disorganized in that way. It happens. It's yeah. easy to like bounce all over though, because like I'll want to hear something else. And so I'll be working on something, but I'll want to hear this version of whatever. And then you get kind of like, you fall down the rabbit hole. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
And it seemed like to me, like I, I saw, like I, I heard at least two exemplary versions of Turn and Dub, uh, you know, from the Stone, Stone Pony. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily listen to Turn and Dub twice in a week in general if I had to choose to. Not that I don't like Turn and Dub, but I mean, at this point, I like Turn and Run better. And, uh, you know, like, it, so it's just one of those things where like as I'm hopping around, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can avoid listening to this set because I can avoid listening to Turn and Dub twice in a week. But uh, you really shouldn't because I know I would have missed two pretty fucking awesome jams if I didn't listen to both of those. Uh, you know, I, I, I should, I know better. I just, I, I sometimes have a hard time with it. <laughs> it still happens. Yeah, you, have, exactly. you have to, you can't, you can't judge it. No. Nope, nope. <laughs> so what are your thoughts about the live lesson masters thing they've been doing? So I think it's dope. Um, I think that it's amazing that they're giving lessons. Uh, I mean, obviously I feel for Humphreys needing to, 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 to make some money during this time period where it's probably really difficult to do so as far as like not having tour and not having merch and not having, and I mean, especially the crew and everything else like that, it's, it's, it's gotta be a rough time not to be able to make a living. So I think the live music masters is a great way for them to do that. Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure also working on their craft and being introspective and, and, and helping them think, I'm sure that I know that at, at teaching is a great way to also learn too, you know, like as you teach, you also self-discover quite a bit. So I'm sure that that's been, uh, good for them and 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 also you know i think it's just amazing all around um i i've never done one of like the fan hangs or anything else like that but i you should they're so much fun they look really cool Uh, they're really fun we should definitely do a ryan and joel one sometime do a ryan and joel one i think i could do a ryan and joel all right we'll we'll do it we'll we'll figure out how we can which one will be good for us to do we'll do it it's fun I feel like I, I feel like Bayless would get me too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun doing the ones with Bayless. He's only done two hangouts, and he uh, and I did both of them with him, and they were really fun. It's interesting. Like the first time, he was just kind of uncomfortable a little bit. That's what I you know, about. like it was like he wasn't really sure about it. But the second one, he was like, "Hey, yeah, you know, maybe." Maybe I'll do this a little bit more. So it's it's cool to be able to talk to them about different things and I don't know, just to hang out. Like it's it's cool because they're also not like in the mode of being on the road too. Like they're more laid back and like chill and you know, they just had some crazy shit happen with their kid in the backyard or something, you know. So it's right. so real life, which I love about it. So it's and you can tell that they get as much from those hangs as we do. Like, they're just like all of us with the community and wanting to see their friends and having that connection. And so they're getting that just as much as, you know, we are. So that's, that's cool, too. Yeah. That's great, because I kind of couldn't tell with, like, for example, with Bayless and the wine not sessions for a while there. Like, I couldn't tell if it was just a shtick where it was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Ah, this is over and out of here. Damn it, Annie, why are you making me do another encore? Or like, yeah, I thought that was a shtick, or I'm pretty sure it was a shtick, but like, that's it keeps doing them. But like, also, like, I also kind of kept being like, oh man, Bayless, I don't want to make you, don't, don't feel like you have to play Friday. You don't want to. We, 
we love seeing you, but don't you don't have to. Like, you don't have to. But I yeah. I think that that's what it is is for them too. I mean, you know, they haven't been doing the um the encores on Instagram like later. I think they figured out a way to do it in more of a responsible manner. <laughs> You're getting less drunk? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Gotcha. Maybe, or they're just like handling it better. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, that makes sense. I mean, the first couple of wine knots, me and Amy, like afterwards, were like, "Holy fuck, we are like trashed. Uh, like, like we are waking up hungover." And it was kind of like one of those things where, like, you know, we were thinking, like, "Oh man, for COVID nineteen, you don't want to wake up feeling like sick," because then. At that time period, you're like, oh, I better take the temperature and there's my throat and what's happening here and blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I understand why he's laying off of it some, but. Yeah. Well, and I think too, is they have to come to the realization that this is kind of how music's gonna be. So he's gonna have to like, yeah, of course he's still gonna have a good time and have a glass of wine and relax and whatever else, but he's still gonna he's trying to sing more things you know like he just did divisions and you know so he's actually you know it's not just like chilling in your basement getting drunk and singing songs now like he's right. you know singing these songs that he was going to be singing if he was touring because his voice is an instrument too and he has to continue to use that or he's not going to be able to use it the same way true it's very very much true um, and one of those things that like, you know, I felt like with the Jake documentary, especially that's very nice in comparison to the live streams we've got is that it felt like, even though that was just one offering and from the live stream, we've got many offerings. It felt like the music was more well thought out there. And it felt like Jake had put more thought into it in comparison to the early live streams that we saw. It was like Joel and Bayless, they're playing in the basement. They're just they're having a good time. Or I guess Joel's playing in a shack out in the back, whatever it is. Um, His piano uh, shack. <laughs> yeah, right. His piano shack. Um, and uh, where he now has Wi-Fi. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, it didn't seem like, it felt like they were just like, yeah, we'll, we'll play a couple of these. We'll hopefully get through it. And you're right. Like now that it, this is the way the music is, they have to be more innovative and thoughtful with it. And I felt like the Jake doc was very thoughtful. Like everything there was really well developed, really well put together, really well created. Um, and Joel now is like doing more improvisational elements with his music. He's spending more time with the songs and every Joel stream I watch is getting better and better. They're, they're getting better at this when, mm -hmm. as they get more serious about this. And it, it, it's, to me, it's more interesting as time goes on. So, uh, which Absolutely. is good. I think I thought I was going to get sick of it. So <laughs> it's really nice. And honestly, like Marley has started playing keyboards and she's honestly taught herself to play pretty much all of Bohemian Rhapsody and pretty oh. much all of Let It Be. Like she is phenomenal at keyboards and she loves Joel and she loves watching Joel on Wednesdays. And it's really awesome to be able to share that with her now, you know, and to be like, this is, this is him playing. And, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool for that reason, you know, that the kids get to watch it. I lost you there. Can you hear me? Ah, I can hear you. 
I saw you. She taught herself Bohemian Rhapsody. She loves Joel and she's watching on Wednesdays. Is she going to do a live music masters? Well, that's what I said to her. I'm like, I will get you a lesson with Joel. And she got like really, really shy. And I'm like, I understand. Like, it's okay to be like nervous or like, oh, wow, you're, you were on the TV or the stage or whatever. I'm like, that's a normal feeling, Marley. It's okay. I'm like, I still get like that when I'm talking to him. (laughs) Like it happens. I'm like, but I think you should do it. And I think, I think Joel would get a kick out of it too. Like to be able to do lessons with this kid and she's really picking it up. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to get her to do it. She's just really nervous yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, you definitely should. I think that Joel is the perfect, the perfect person to do it too from the band. So I think that like all together, like, you know, it just, it's, it's the right elements. Well, and see it's homeschool. So there you go. Like we were going to do, you know, I was going to have her keep doing the keyboard anyways for school and it's just part of homeschool. So I think he would appreciate that too. Yeah. Exactly, right into the state and be like, Joel Cummins from California did a guest lesson and she should definitely get partial credits for activities on this day. <laughs> I, you know, I will have to write it out. It says like each subject and then you have to write out like what the materials are that they're using. So I could be like live lesson masters class with Umphrey's yeah. key keyboardist Joel Cummins. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that whoever looks at that paper could be like, oh damn. <laughs> Be like, wow, Joel, shit, man, yeah. <laughs> Dang, I want to go to this homeschool. How do I go to Sarah's house? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do so, you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, please. Oh, no, I was going to ask you uh, what you thought about the boondock sessions. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask next. So do you think there are going to be more boondock sessions? Or yes. do you think that there will be, I mean, I think we'll have to, right? Like, I don't think they're doing the drive-in thing or the drive-through thing or like, it I, like I think, this is what I think. I think that, <laughs> <laughs> I think that if they do a drive-in thing, they're going to do it in Chicago because I know that they're doing something with, the drive-in in Chicago, they're revamping it or they're building one or something's happening. So yeah, if they I'm do a drive-in sure. thing, I think it would be there. I don't think that they would do it anywhere else. Um, but I don't know if they would or not. Right. Boondock sessions, I definitely think there's going to be another one, at least one more but I think there might be maybe two. I mean, if they're not going to tour at all this year, I think, I, I think we might see more than one. I think that Boondock Sessions is the most excited I've been for live music since, since New York in January, for sure. It was very, very exciting. Like, I felt the day of show excitement. Yes. For like the first time. And it was the best feeling ever. Like I was so happy. And, you know, we, we got all ready and the kids had their glow sticks and everybody's doing their stuff. And it was just such a good, like to have that feeling again. It's just, you know, and everybody was 
you know, I was talking to people, you know, or texting or chatting or everybody, because everybody else was excited too. So it was totally like meeting up with your friends the day of the show again. It just, right. It, was, it felt so good. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, me and my me and my brother and my friends pre-gamed on uh, like a little Zoom session or whatever beforehand. And uh, it just is one of those things where you you had those little like pre-show jitters and the, the you know, what are they going to play tonight? And, uh, you know, I don't know. It just uh, it was really exciting. I was super thrilled. And they didn't sound bad at all. I felt like the second night was much stronger than the first night. <laughs> A hundred percent. They were so locked right in there on night two. Like yeah. they were just like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> kind of worried about the integrity of the building there. I was like, somebody save Jim. This whole entire <laughs> building's going to fall. Like, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty structurally sound. The, the amount there. of Jake that, yeah. <laughs> the amount that Jake like just shreds the shit in there. So they've, they've done really well with keeping it nice structured. <laughs> Fireproof the walls. I understand. <laughs> For sure. I definitely think we will see another one. Um, I mean, they had a great time doing it too. Yeah. Um, they all had so much fun doing it. Um, we all enjoyed it, I know. And the fact that they've already done one makes it so much easier to do the second one that, you know, why not do a second one? Because now you know what you're going to need, how long it's going to take to set up, how many bodies that you need, um, you know, whose job is what, you know, you're, you're more prepared. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get at least one more, if not two. I think so too. And I mean, they are working on music. Um, so that's part of the reason why Jake's doing those private concerts now um, is to like not do as many lessons because they're going to be, working on music so. gotcha interesting do you think they'll be doing that remotely because um let's just say that like i like easter in quarantine i think it's a very pretty song but i don't think it's i think that they could have done more with it if they had all been together than apart i kind of got the feeling like, i understand that simplicity is key there and they're going for sort of like that christmas time at wartime sort of feel um but I feel like there was maybe an element more that could have happened if they had all just been in the same room. But obviously that was sort of part of the song in general. Uh, but do you think they'll be recording studio-wise all in the same room? Well, Easter in Quarantine was all done by Jake anyways. Right. Musically. So um, they, they tracked a lot of stuff when they were there for Boondock. Right, you're totally right that it's all track musically. Please cut out my stupidity there. I totally kept thinking, I, for, for some reason, I kept thinking that it was Joel on piano, but that explains why there wasn't a lot that was happening on piano either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was all, it was all Jake musically and then all Brendan vocally. Right, I remember it's cool that he did the sax, the, the sort of sax thing. Yeah, and he, I had talked to him right after that, and he told me that that was the first time that he played saxophone in decades what did he play in high school or something yeah he did play in high school i mean he pretty much played everything in high school but right. yeah he he played when he was a kid and he had a saxophone in the studio but hadn't really played it and just felt scared to throw it on the track and that was the first time he'd ever played saxophone on an umphrey's track too 
Um, so yeah, it was like really cool that he just felt drawn to add that piece to it. Right. But they tracked um, at Boondock when they were all there. Yeah, that, I mean, and knowing Umphreys, they can do marathon sessions, obviously, from what we saw with the London session. But uh, just seems it seems amazing to me if they track like in two days. Well, maybe they were there for longer. I was gonna say to track track all of this music and then also perform two shows. But I guess if you're going all all the way out there and putting in all this risk, you might as well do all. I was going to say, do you happen to know if A Day in the Dock was recorded afterwards? Um, I can't remember the timeline. Mm. I think I was, it was done before that, honestly. I think because because I talked to Jimmy for the interview for the, you know, the episode of the Boondock Sessions um, and he had art, he had mentioned that the thing with Jake was coming. So, and I didn't talk to him, you know, super long after, um, that, you know, those, those shows were, so I think it was done before. Gotcha. That would make sense because I, I imagine that some of that music that Jake had developed pretty, uh, fully, well, maybe stuff that we hear, or we may hear some elements of that. And, uh, it would be weird that not weird necessarily, but it would be weird to hear just the Jake version of it from day in the dock and then hear the eventual final mix down with Umphreys fully on something like COVID 10, where, you oh. know, we, you know, we're, we've, <laughs> we've heard how it sounds with Jake and it sounds great. Imagine now how it's going to sound with the full sextet. Like, you know, that would be amazing. Like, that's what I want to hear. Like, even Dremazoid, like, honestly, like, I want to hear what's going on with that, too. Like, that was yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I felt like it sounded super discombobulated until the bass came in, and then I was like, holy crap, how did he tie this all together? Because it seemed like everything was way in other realms, uh, you know, especially with the drums, because the drums sounded like, you know, sometimes he'd be like, do 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 and you'd be like, where is that going to fit? How is this going to fit? How are you making this fit? And uh, then going back and hearing it, finally, when he added the bass, I was like, holy shit, I am mind-blowing. Yeah, and getting the treat of watching him play bass, too. I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm just like, oh, what, what do I want to hear him play now? Huh. <laughs> Have you written out your set list? Do you get to write a set list? Do you get to suggest? I, I did. I sent a set list. I did. Okay. So I think I'm going to get most of my set list. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Yay. We bought my, Bobby bought a, like a, a strobe light thingy for this weekend. So like it's activated to the music and we're going to have lights and everybody else that's doing it. We're all dressing up and Please. it's going to be fun. Jake's going to be like, this is a fun party. <laughs> I really went all out on this thing. You're like, yeah, of course I did. This is my birthday. <laughs> this is me. Of course I did. <laughs> and I think we're the first one too. Like he had a couple dates prior to Friday and they weren't booked. So yes. our show on Friday is actually his first private concert he's doing. So gotcha. I'm excited because I asked for Jimmy to sit in on vocals for the birthday song by the Beatles. And I think he's going to do it. 
So <laughs> I saw you guys' thread going down in the church uh, in the church group there. So well, because it's because uh, two years ago, twenty I I don't even know. Anyways, Bayless's birthday show in Indianapolis, sure. and they the band um, went into birthday instead of I think Bayless was going to go into divisions or something. And so they played Birthday by the Beatles. And Jimmy was at that show too. And we were all hanging out. And he's behind me singing it. And he's like so happy because it's Bayless's birthday. And he's singing and he's just loving life and everything. And I just was like laughing. But, you know, just because it was so awesome to see him having such a great time like that. And sure. so when I made my list, that was the first thing on there. But I was like, Jimmy has to sing it too. <laughs> sweet That's so awesome. i i think i'm gonna get that which is super great so awesome. yeah it's gonna be fun yeah and it's, I, it's I, cool to be able to support them too Oh yeah. You know, like, and that's why I like doing the hangouts too it's like we get to hang out with them but you're also able to support them in in ways it's like i'd be spending money on concert tickets right now so right definitely yeah i mean I, you know, as we were talking before here, I've never, I've never done any of those hangouts before just because I always felt like I would feel so awkward. I, I just feel like I need to get like the right intro just because like somebody needs to like, I need somebody to be like, Hey, so in panel lower right corner, there is Josh, Josh, that's Joel, Josh, that's Chris, Josh. <laughs> I'll do it for you. We'll do a hangout and I'll be like, everyone in the Brady Bunch squares. This is yes, Josh. exactly. <laughs> yes. That will work perfect. Cause like, I feel like without an introduction, I'm like, Hi guys, I uh, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> and I've only ever met Chris and Chris, Joel, and Ryan. I've never met Bayless, and I've met Jake, but at a VFW at uh, uh, after the Indianapolis show in 2010. So after the Lightning show, he played a VFW joint with Crojo, and uh, nice. like yeah, it was a really cool but very bizarre venue for a show. Um, <laughs> And I met him at, he was talking to a friend of mine named Tori at a, at like a nearby table. And I got to like come up and shake his hand and say hi, but I've never like spent any time with Jake or any time with Bayless. So like, I always felt like I would feel somewhat awkward just sort of popping in and being like, hey guys. I'm... So I need an introduction, I feel like. So if you are offering, I will, I will definitely take you up. I am offering, I'm going to write it here and I'm going to remember <laughs> to look up the hangout schedule. <laughs> And we will figure out when we could do a hangout and it'll be fun. Perfect. I'm awesome. on board. Awesome. All right. We'll do that. <laughs> awesome. All right. So you mentioned that you're still working on the Umphreys um, RPG project. Yeah. So fill us in on what's going on with that. Well, it's obviously taken a lot longer than we had planned on it taking. Um, but we're, we're, we're working out a plan to... Uh, it's it's going to continue. We work on it every day. Well, I work on it every day, but I've been working. I, I've gotten custom art for it, and we've gotten custom music for it. Um, uh, we've worked with a bunch of other different artists and uh, and different types of elements to make this thing come together here. We've made hundreds of maps now by this time period. So there's this, the game is it is being developed, but I'd say that when it comes down to it, we're still only maybe. 40%, 35% of the way done. I think that it'll probably take, if I'm being honest with myself, another year and a half or two years to complete. Um, 
but because of the fact that it's so much longer than we had planned on doing, we're going to figure out like a way to, uh, to get some elements out to, to the public, get sticker packages with all this custom artwork out to the people who have art, who, who participated in the Kickstarter, um, and really work to make sure that we have, you know, an element that is at least something that uh, people can see because the custom art's really great right now. Like we've got a custom Stasic made, custom Jake, custom Joel, we're all drawn for us for the game by an artist um, um, named Nikki, who is this amazing cartoon artist. She does great cartoon figures and she made perfect anime, Joel, and can you still hear me? I can okay. hear you. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I was I thought maybe you had lost me there. Nope, nope, you're good. <laughs> no, so yeah, we, we're, we're working on, on doing that. We work on the game every day. So we, we imagine it'll be out within a year and a half or so. Um, but until that time period, we're going to try and figure out something to get as much of it out to the public as possible. We've been holding back because we've been trying to avoid spoilers. And uh, I think that that's kind of... Uh, not the best way to go with it. Instead, I think I'm just going to release a lot of the artwork to, to everybody here and let everybody see what's going on with it. So um, should be done in two years. Awesome. It's exciting, yeah. though. I can't wait to see the finished product finally. Yeah. It's no, it takes a lot of work. It's taken more work than we ever could have expected. We bit off a lot, we as in me, but bit off a lot more than I could chew. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, in the end, it's been a lot of fun and it's been a lot of fun to make. Uh, and it's uh, it's 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 I've learned a lot about computers and visual art a lot. Of, and I'm not a visual artist. I mean, I'm a writer. It, 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 so being so learning anything more about visual art and how to how to use it and how to produce with it and how to use the the GIMP program, the genetic image manipulation program. I use that a lot or. Uh, lots of other sorts of different um, programs like that that I never would have ever touched before because it was all just working with like Audacity or working with uh, you know video stuff stuff like that. So that's very cool. You get to learn some new skills, and yeah. that's that's been my thing with the YouTube channel and doing the videos. Like that was never my intention. You sure. know, it was just to do the the podcast. I think because you and I have even talked about a while ago about doing some sort of you know weekly youtube thing and i was like eh, i don't know how i feel about that and you know now we're here doing this so it's it's cool to like you know do these things and then learn all these new skills that i never would have like video editing and all of that i never i never would have tried to do that's Sure. And I really feel like the video element has, it, it, it's like essential for podcasts these days now. Like, it's not like, it's not like they need to be like, you know, like, you know, I don't know how to explain it. it it's, it's like, I guess that almost every podcast that I ever see these days does have like a YouTube version of their podcast where it's just like, you know, like this, where it's the host and the, the guest having the conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I think especially now more so it just gives that more intimate element of like having a conversation more than um like being interrogated <laughs> i feel <laughs> you know it's more personable i think right yeah more of a give or take for sure so yeah. is there anything like new else going on with um freaks anonymous no so um obviously a lot of things that we normally do uh would 
you know, like the travel guides or uh, the survey. I don't know what next year's survey will be like, uh, considering there's been only like, you know, a dozen, a couple dozen shows during this year so far. Uh, uh, and who knows what plans will be like for next year. Uh, we haven't really figured out yet. Obviously, we've got a, um, a review coming out for the day in the docs. Um, uh, just to sort of uh, say that it was awesome. I, we gave it a nine out of 10. So <laughs> uh, otherwise, nothing else, nothing else on the docket other than the, the RPG. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, really, that's, that's, that's where we've been at so far currently. We're doing those lists for, from facts, so I'm, uh, you know, for his project. But other than that, nothing new. Um, I think that I will have to take you up on one of those hangout offers just to, 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 to get some, to get something new in there. Maybe we should do a review of the hangout. Be nice. We should. Well, I'm going to do a, I'm going to talk about day in the dock and then I'm going to talk about my birthday show. So Dude, that's, that's awesome because I think that, you know, I don't, I think that that type of plug is important. Like I didn't even know he was doing those types of shows until you told me that that was going down. No. Okay. Nobody knew. Like it was the craziest thing. Like nobody had commented or liked on live lesson masters, uh, posts, like nobody commented. And I showed Bobby and I'm like, nobody's talking about this. I'm like, I want to do this for my birthday. And he's like, okay, well we'll pay for it. And then, you know, get everybody to like do it. So I didn't say any, I deliberately didn't say anything until I picked the date I wanted because right. I knew once like everybody found out about it, it was going to be it. But right. I couldn't believe that nobody else was talking about it. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, I'm just going to blow this up all over the place then. So do you know if Joel's done any curbside shows? I don't know if he's actually done one. I know. I remember him saying that he was going to do them, but I honestly don't think he's done one yet. I know Marcus Rizak was doing a bunch of curbside shows, but I don't think, I don't think Joel actually did one. Yeah. If I lived in California, I'd pay for one. Oh yeah. That's what I was thinking too, is that like, if I was in San Francisco or San Diego, I would definitely be buying a Joel curbside show. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm very surprised too that people haven't. And I was surprised how long it took for Jake's stuff to get booked up, but it's slowly happening. So oh yeah, it's filling up. It's okay. it's starting to happen for him, which is good. So okay. it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. It's like 75 minutes. It's it's gonna be a good time. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. Let me know how it turned out. Let me know your set list once you end up with 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 the music. I can't I can't wait to hear all about it. I will. I'll well I'll send you what I what I sent them, and then I'll I'll send you what are they actually what he actually plays i'm excited Wee. Awesome. yay and i did ask for a couple of piano songs so oh, nice <laughs> yeah i kind of i kind of wanted him to like go around and even some songs that he could either choose to play electric or acoustic or maybe piano if he hears it that way i don't know so it's especially after that day in the dock thing and how he just gets in there and kind of you know, feels all these different things. I think that's going to be a really cool part of it too. Definitely. 
I think that that uh, I, I think that the acoustic 40s from Day of the Dock was amazing. And so if you're giving him a couple of songs that could be optional to play electric or acoustic, uh, you know, maybe you'll end up hearing acoustic renditions of things that generally you'd hear electrically. <laughs> yeah, that's what Bobby and I were talking about. We were saying that he'll play something and then we're going to be like, wow, I never would have like heard it that way. And now you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited. It's gonna be like the best birthday ever. I guess if we're gonna be still in quarantine, something good comes out of it, right? As well have Jake play a personal show for you. <laughs> for sure. Well, that's what I said too. Like I wouldn't be able to see, like I probably wouldn't be able to see all of the people that I'm gonna be seeing that day that are gonna be a part of it. And the fact that Jake's gonna be playing a private show for me, like that wouldn't have happened if we weren't doing this right now. So right. Yeah, right, the advantages, right. the positives. <laughs> right, right, definitely. Gotta always find that 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 silver lining. Yeah, for sure. All right. Great to you, sister. Yes, you too. It was so so good to see you. I'll give you a big giant air hug. <laughs> big hug. Air hug. <laughs> I love you bunches. This was so much fun. Likewise, sister. Have a great one. Love you too. Bye. Bye. So that's everything I have for this week of the show. Thank you again to Josh for your time. It's seriously such a pleasure. Please let's chat again soon. There's a bunch of links for things in the show notes, including how you can watch our conversation on YouTube and IGTV, where you can check out past episodes, how you can book your own conversation on the podcast, links for anything Josh and I may have referenced, and all the places that you can check out Umfreaks Anonymous on social media. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love. <laughs>